Hello, Valley Point. It is great to spend time with you. It's mid-August. Can you believe it? Our summer is moving along quickly. In the middle of everything we've endured in 2020, I hope the summer season has given you the opportunity to slow the pace a little bit, enjoy rest, and spend time with the people you love. Even with the pandemic and a different way of life right now, I hope it has been a good summer. My summer? Well, a lot of reading, longer conversations with the family because we can, swimming, laughing, some grilling here and there, some landscaping, and of course, planning and strategizing for reopening Valley Point. I also have been relishing in the truth that while many things have and still are canceled, The church is not canceled. We've had to adapt, but not cancel. Worship, we're doing that. We're responding to God's greatness. Prayer, that's still happening. Love, I see it. And I just want to say that I'm really proud of how our faith community continues to respond to a pandemic. With all the swirl of opinion, in imperfect ways. I feel we are keeping our eyes on Jesus and allowing him to be greater than fear, greater than the noise of viewpoints, and greater than disappointment. I read recently, in reference to the Antioch believers in Acts chapter 11, as they faced a troubling time, they did something interesting. During their difficult time, Scholar N.T. Wright stated that they didn't start a blame game, looking around at the civic authorities in their area or even the Roman Empire to see whose ill treatment of the ecosystem or whose tampering with food distribution networks might have contributed to this dangerous situation. No, they asked three simple questions. Who is going to be at special risk when this happens? What can we do to help? And who shall we send? So many of you have been asking these questions, maybe without even knowing it. You've asked me these questions. I want you to know that God is using you. He's using us. This pandemic has brought a tremendous amount of disappointment. I think of graduates, those getting married, those seeking new employment. So many things canceled, moved, or put on hold, right? I've been amazed at the responses of those who have been impacted. Instead of devastation, I see resiliency and grit, especially from the younger generation. It is going to be fun to watch them move through life with this defining season as something that has marked them. I think many are going to make extraordinary leaders in the church as well as other ventures. That's going to be fun to watch. Okay, let's pray together and then we'll discuss another cliche. Father, we come before you thankful for another opportunity to open up the word of God and discover what you want to say to us. God, right now, I pray that you clear our minds, 
Help us to focus on you and what you want for us. Challenge us and change us. I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in John chapter 13, verse 35, we find some interesting words from Jesus. Here's what he says. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The word disciple here means follower or pupil and pictures a student or one being tutored. It goes beyond just the transfer of information in a teacher-pupil setting to the image of a very close relationship. I want you just to keep that verse in mind, okay? Remember this as we move through our time together. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We'll come back to that. So today, I want to look at a cliche. Not a cliche Christians use, but it's used about us. Ready? I'm sure you've heard this before. Maybe you've even used it at some point in your life. Here's the cliche-ish. Christianity is intolerant and judgmental toward others. I would be interested in Christ if it weren't for Christians. Christianity is intolerant and judgmental toward others. I would be interested in Christ if it weren't for Christians. Now, remember, cliches often contain elements of truth. They can be true-ish, but they need further explanation. I think this cliche is no different. So let's break it down. Christianity is intolerant and judgmental toward others. Unfortunately, true. I've known many followers of Jesus who are intolerant and judgmental. It's sad and doesn't really reflect the kind of life that Jesus called us to live. Now, while that is true, I will say this. I have met many non-Christians who are intolerant and judgmental. This is likely true of all groups, however they may be categorized. I have also met many Christ followers who are compassionate and non-judgmental. So while the cliche is true regarding some Christians, it's not true about all Christians. Okay, the second part. I would be interested in Christ if it weren't for Christians, meaning the behavior of Christians is a turnoff, and I don't want that. I don't want that. Unfortunately, that's true as well. The behavior of Christ's followers can be a problem. But here's the thing. Is the bad behavior of Christians enough to reject Jesus himself? Jesus alone should be the object of followership, not people. When thinking about 
Christianity. It should be based on Jesus and his claims. Here's great news. God offers us Christ, not Christians, right? Think about that. God offers Christ, not Christians. Now, we cannot deny the reality of Christians and the impact of their behavior, but when you step back and look at this, God offers Christ. One author stated it this way, the basis of that decision should be an examination of the life of Jesus and his teachings, not the sometimes disappointing lives of his followers. As a follower of Jesus, I will admit failure. It happens. I don't always get it right. Christians fail. We sin. We do. And that's why we have a rescuer. And because we have a rescuer, well, we have hope. And here's why I say that, and this is our big idea for today. Christianity teaches to love your neighbor as yourself and share the love of Jesus with others. That's how Christians should behave. At the heart of Christianity, and this information is not hidden from us, we find it in scripture, in historical accounts of what was said and how the church functioned as it was formed. That Christianity teaches to love your neighbor as yourself and share the love of Jesus with others. Okay, sounds great. But how? How? Well, I want to share a simple way for followers of Jesus to love others that I believe moves us away from being hypocritical and standing in the way of people being able to see Jesus. Just a practical way for Christians to help, okay? Now, if you're a Christian, this is for you. It's for us. If you're not a Christian, if that is something you are considering or investigating or you would say I just can't go there because of how Christians act well I hope this helps ready in Matthew chapter 7 in Matthew's gospel chapter 7 we find some amazing words Jesus here is delivering the famed sermon on the mount which begins in Matthew chapter 5 and extends all the way through chapter 7. Jesus is teaching. By the way, the Sermon on the Mount includes our church-wide life verses found in Matthew chapter 5. Remember, you are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. It's interesting because at the conclusion of the sermon, it tells us that the crowds were amazed because Jesus taught with real authority. That's what it says in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus, he was just different than the other religious people. And he said such interesting things like this. Matthew chapter 7 verse 1. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. 
for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Okay. Jesus, here's what he does. He uses some imagery here that is vivid, shocking, and probably humorous to those who are listening. You can imagine Jesus teaching and sharing this illustration and people elbowing each other and laughing a bit. I'm sure that happened in the crowd. How do you take care of that when you have this, right? This teaching is so great because Jesus gets to the heart of defining a hypocrite. It's the person who is trying to help someone get a speck out of something in their eye while they have a log coming out of their own eye. So picture this. Imagine that I come to you someday and I, I have my glasses off and if I ever come to you and my glasses are off, that's a bad sign already because I can't see without them. But imagine that I come to you and say, you know what, I think you've got a little speck in your eye, and I want to take care of that little speck. Let's take care of that. Let's get rid of that in your eye. And the whole time, I have this gigantic beam, this gigantic piece of wood coming out of my eye. If I came to you this way and said, oh, hey, let's, let's take care of that little speck there while I'm waving this around and potentially hurting you, well, you would say, that's ridiculous, you're being a hypocrite. How in the world are you going to help me with the speck in my eye when this gigantic thing is coming out of my eye? It makes no sense at all. And this is the illustration that Jesus gave. Ridiculous. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Imagine straining to see a nearly invisible speck, but being oblivious to the board protruding from your eyeball. Crazy. It's crazy. Well, some thinking points from the text. Number one, to judge someone in the wrong way is to create your own standard of what is acceptable and then measure everyone against your own standard. Creating your own standard is always a problem. And Jesus said, stop it. Stop it. Don't do that. The reason we shouldn't do it is because Jesus said so. But outside of that, when we judge this way, we often conveniently ignore our own behavior. Thinking point number two. Instead of being judgmental, take the board out of your own eye. Now, it may hurt, but we'll see clearly and probably have a more compassionate posture toward others. And when we have an understanding 
and compassionate posture toward others, it mitigates the, I would be interested in Christ if it weren't for Christians. One more thinking point. We should help others with the speck in their eye, but only after taking care of our own issues first. That's what we see in the flow of the text here. I want to look at verse 5 one more time. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, hypocrite, and here comes the challenge. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. By the way, the word hypocrite here means pretender, a duplicitous, insincere person. Most versions of scripture just use the word hypocrite. The encouragement here from Jesus is don't pretend. Don't be insincere like what is described here. First, take care of the law, then help. That's okay. But first things first. Let's get to our takeaways. If you are a believer, a Christ follower, if you are someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, don't get in the way of letting others see Jesus in you. Okay? For the believer, hear this now. For the believer, it all comes back to Jesus and focusing on him. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus, right? Here's why. It's because my identity and self-worth are centered on the one who died for me. I am saved by sheer grace, so I can't look down on others. Only by grace am I what I am. Because of that, I can get out of the way. I don't have to be right. I don't have to fix. I can simply help others see Jesus. How do we accomplish that? Love. Love. If you go back to John chapter 13, verse 35, we read this at the very beginning. Here's the words of Jesus, your love for one another. It's your love for one another that will prove to the world you are my disciples. So this really comes down to how well are we loving others? I think that's a great question to ask. How well am I? See, personalize this. How well am I loving others? One more takeaway. If you are not a believer, Christians will disappoint. We are hypocritical. We often act in ways that don't represent what Jesus wants for us. We fail. We sin. Here's the encouragement. Base your decision to follow Jesus on Jesus. Consider his claims as worthy or not. Back to the big idea. Christianity teaches to love your neighbor as yourself. And share the love of Jesus with others. 
acting this way moves followers of Jesus away from getting in the way of people seeing him. Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity to look at this particular event in Matthew's gospel where you shared, if you want to take care of the speck in somebody's eye, be sure that the log or the beam is out of your own eye. And it's a great reminder to us to act the way that you want us to act and to practically remove our own issues and take care of them before we look out at others. But after we do that, we should then look out at others and encourage and even challenge them. So God, help us to act this way. God, I will admit sometimes as followers of you, we can be very judgmental and harsh and point fingers and accuse and blame and get really angry. God, would you work in our lives to not act that way? Would you bring more compassion to us? And may you use Valley Point and our faith community where we live, work, and play to be a bright light and to love people, to love difficult people the way you want us to because this is how you said we would know we belong to you by our love. So God, help us to remove the beams from our own eyes so that then we can compassionately look out at others. We pray and we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.